Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. again bread and circuses podcast i am rooster here with crow how you doing crow hello very good good hey did you hear kobe bryant died who yeah that's what i thought too no kobe bryant the basketball player Ah, uh, sports ball yeah sports ball okay um the only reason i bring it up is i mean first of all i feel terrible for his family but it, it's like this guy is uh the second coming or something i mean he's, he's a basketball player and sure, he inspired a lot of other people to play basketball. But well, I mean, I mean, he's a very important man. Then, if it's if he's uh, if a lot of people know who he is, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we should reflect on if it's an important man like that, and you a lot of right people ahead. know who he is. We need to reflect on that, and we need to tribute that. You go right ahead. Okay. Kobe Bryant. He was a man, a sports ball player. Lots of people knew him, and he died. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> I don't know anything else about him. You haven't timed it well. <laughs> I'm, I just, it's, I'm going to use the wrong word here, but frustrating with the the, the uh, tributes on and on and on. Yes, it's very sad they died. It's sad they died with his 13-year-old daughter in the helicopter with him, and, but you know, just celebrity in general. We just go on and on about these people, you know. And I'm sure if people say, oh, he did all this great work in inner cities. And oh, I'm sure he did, you know, worked in soup kitchens and all that stuff. Gave a lot of money away. Cool. But, I mean, in the end, there are lots of people who do a lot of things that we don't celebrate just because they're a good basketball yeah, player. Yeah, there's a lot of people that do a lot of think good things that, that don't cheat on their wife that, an allegedly rape a woman. Right. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's like when, when Prince died. They made such a big deal out of it here. I guess, you know, I understand it's Minnesota. Minnesota native, yeah. But for like three weeks, they just went on and on. I liked his music. I liked Prince. He died. He made some bad choices yeah, in his life. unless you're a family and, member you knew him personally. That's, yeah. But and, that's what celebrity is, you know? But it's it's not even the, the celebrity itself. It's like other celebrities... Saying, "Hey, I'm an important person, so I'm going to tell you my Kobe Bryant, my Prince story, or whatever." Well, yeah. Did you hear Shaq talking about Kobe? Well, no, but at least Shaq played with right. the guy, and but he, yeah, he kind of broke down talking about it and saying he actually had kind of a, an interesting message that he said, "You know, I'm a busy guy. I work hard, and I don't take the time, like, to actually tell these guys, hey, I appreciate you, or I love you, and you know, and and." You know, last time I, t- I can't remember what he said exactly, but it's like last time I talked to him was quite a while ago and, and we're not ever going to have an opportunity again to kind of like, you know, say, Hey, you know, how, you know, how's it going or to get each other shit or anything like that. And he's just, he was, it hit him, hit Shaq pretty hard thinking, yeah, I got to start making time for the people in my life. And, and, you know, cause you never know. And like, that's a good message. Yeah. That's a sincere message. Yeah. You could tell it was sincere. But when people are like, uh, Hey, I'm important. So I have to tell you my Kobe Bryant story. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't ask. Nope. You know, <clears throat> so yeah, sad that for his family and all that yeah. stuff. And 
sure there and were lots the other of fans eight people that, or seven yeah. people involved in the in nine, that crash nine total yeah yeah so it's the other seven yeah Oh, you mean besides his daughter? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were having to count on your fingers there again. Um, but this fawning over celebrity all the time. I, mean, I get it. My youngest said to me, he goes, a lot of people are dying suddenly. I'm like, people die all the time. Yeah. I said, every day. And, you know, we well, just, who's, we just who's this? What's this quote from? Uh, um, the death of one person is a tragedy. The death of a thousand people is a statistic. I don't know. I've heard it before. I can't remember where that comes from, but it's kind of interesting, you know, because, yeah, if you talk about how many people died in, in a war, how many people died for from a disease or something, it's just that you can't really relate to that number. It's just too much for us to handle. But when you talk about a personal thing, and that's why I think celebrity is interesting that way, because people feel they know that person. And so it hits them more, you know. Yeah, but it almost makes you it say, worse. If, cause... if you say this many firefighters died this year, you go, oh, that sucks. But then you could tell the story of the one firefighter and his family and his friends and what he did and what his interests were. Then all of a sudden it hits you more. Yeah. And that's what celebrity does, though, because people are invested in the celebrity. Well, there was a, was a cop in Minnesota here who just got shot. He's got two daughters. Um, he got shot in the head. He's going to have – it sounds like he's going to recover, but it's going to be a long, terrible recovery. You know, and we hear about that in Minnesota a lot because that's where the guy's from. But – you know, how is a guy dribbling a basketball that much more noble than this cop getting shot? Well, Still not, has a family he's leaving behind. I mean, I don't think it's noble. I think he's a motivated guy who was at the at the top of his field, which is, you know, anybody you talk about, like be it a surgeon or, or um, you know, a teacher or a firefighter or whatever businessman that's at the top of their field, they're going to garner a lot of respect. But we're spending all this time on a person just because we know what name and jersey number they have. Yeah. That seems... No, I'm, I'm trying to... Exp- I, I don't feel that way about celebrity, but I guess I shouldn't say that because, like, <clears throat> if there was a celebrity that I really dig, who's somebody I'm really, I really appreciate, really like? Larry Korea? Yeah. Well, but I met him. That's a little bit different. Like, somebody I haven't... Oh, met. you have... Uh, Crow name-dropping here. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, like Nathan Fillion. He seems like a decent guy. Um, no, he I've, doesn't. I've seen him in, he's uh, he's in Firefly, Captain yeah, he's, Malcolm Reynolds in Firefly. He seems like someone to be cool to meet. Um, is, has has like these non-political tweets that are kind of funny um, and seems like a decent guy. And um, if some if all of a sudden I found out he died in a helicopter crash, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. But I don't know if I'd be like searching out tributes to him and stuff like that. But maybe I would. Who knows? Yeah. Because it would, it would you'd feel it more because you feel more invested because you know more about that person. Yeah. For me, I guess it's just a part about famous person I don't know having to tell me the story about famous person I don't know, you know. Yeah, but sometimes that's fun if, you, if you're interested in the person's life and it's like a kind of a story you haven't heard, like an anecdote, like a personal anecdote. It's like going to a funeral of like a friend's who, whose relative died that you didn't know the relative, but then you hear the story about some, some sort of funny or poignant interaction between the two and you're like, oh, that was a cool story. I didn't realize that. Right, but it doesn't go on and on and on. Yeah, exactly. So. <clears throat> All right, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick on some more of your uh, Chief Justice John Roberts hate. Oh, I hate that guy. I know you do. No good reason, but you uh, <laughs> but you hate him. So the Supreme Court upheld Trump's travel ban temporarily. Okay. Um, but they upheld it. This is from a um, article on Vox by Ian Milheiser. 
And the reason I pulled this article out was, first of all, I was surprised to hear Vox credit John Gorsuch. Um, is it John Gorsuch? I always hear Justice Gorsuch. Yeah. Anyway, he... Um, Brett. Brett Gorsuch. No. God did. Sorry. Maybe it's Robert Gorsuch. Anyway, uh, Justice Gorsuch. He, uh, he wrote in the opinion, basically the travel ban is upheld because these lower courts can't keep issuing nationwide injunctions. Right. Basically, it makes it's no sense. One judge somewhere in a court that you get to pick, you know, if you're filing for an injunction, um, you know, so if you're in New Jersey and, you know, Trump issues a travel ban, you can go to a, an appellate court you like that is predisposed to be um, uh, favorable to your opinion. And, you know, you can get that a nationwide injunction for that. And Gorsuch is saying, and I believe under the leadership of um, Roberts on this, is the court is trying to stay apolitical, but at the same time saying, look, there's a certain lane the court's in, and that's our lane. Get the hell out of it. They don't yeah. like the lower courts telling them what well, to do. Well, the lower courts are now basically they're legislating. It's yes, like, that was that was the point he okay, was making. You, right. can't have, you can't have one person holding up. He goes, injunctions are meant to stop this person from doing this to that person, yeah. not the entire country. Right. Um, but the thing I found... But, then that's, that, but even if they do stick with that, that makes precedent. So it might affect the whole country anyway, right? Right. So, um, and they basically say this has gotten way out of hand. So uh, one thing they brought up in this article, and, and they say they don't know for sure if this is true, but uh, um, Attorney General Barr was at a was giving a speech somewhere, and he said there are more nationwide injunctions versus Trump than there were in the entire 20th century. In fact, the first half of the 20th century, you see almost no injunctions at all nationwide, if any. Now there's some dispute as to what's actually like against Trump or what's an injunction. Um, like there are some people arguing, well, there aren't exactly, you know, that's not an injunction or this isn't. But the point is these lower courts are going after what Trump's doing all the time, yeah. his executive orders. Now, I'm not a big fan of executive orders. Didn't like them when Obama did them. Didn't like them when Bush did them. Um, and so, you know, that it was it was an interesting statistic for him to bring up. But the part that where this where this bias in this reporting comes in, I don't know if Ian Milheiser is a is an opinion writer, in which case that's fine, or if he considers himself a journalist, in which case I would say stop presenting your opinion in this. He goes on to talk He's about... He's no Don Lemon. Yeah. We'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> yeah. About how this is generally... Uh, the uh, nationwide injunction thing is generally worse for liberals than it is for conservatives. Because they're, Trump is is putting all of these ideologues on the courts and everything. He's been packing the courts with all these conservatives. He actually has been putting... He has been yeah, doing that. The Ninth, Ninth Circuit is actually more conservative than ever before. I don't know if someone who disagrees with you is suddenly an ideologue. That's I have a yeah. problem with that definition. But he's not... My problem with this whole point of view is he's not doing this from a what's right, what's wrong, government can do this, government shouldn't do this. It's, well, here's what the government's doing, and here's why it's worse for our side. You know, let's stop talking about sides all the time. Yeah. How about it's just bad for lower courts to issue nationwide injunctions? Who cares if it's going to affect liberals or conservatives more? It just shouldn't be done. 
Right. Well, and that's what Gorsuch is saying in this. He's like, no, 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 we're going to cut this shit out. Yeah, I like it. Well, yeah, they said Roberts. Roberts is the, he voted, oh. as far as I understand, he voted with Gorsuch. Okay. Neil it. Gorsuch. <laughs> got it. Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. John Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> we got them all covered now. Woo! <laughs> um, but they, uh, they, I believe under Roberts' leadership, the court is trying to say, look, there's a narrow definition of what the court handles, and that's what we're going to handle. We're not going to get into legislating from the bench. We're not going to do all that stuff. We're trying to stay out of this. That's why when he made that comment during the Senate impeachment trial, when he was like, hey, cut it out. Enough of that stuff. Um, and that's why I like the way he's going with this. And this is, in Gorsuch writing the opinion, this is them saying, we're going to get away from this idea of you know one person having way too much power to stop everybody else. That's not how it's going to work. And eventually they're going to hear these cases on the travel bans. But for now, it was nice to see the Supreme Court sort of slap down some of these lower courts legislating. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. I've trying to there, there's like a list of accomplishments Trump has made. You know, the, if you look it up, you can say, what are the top 100 things Trump has done? Some are all bullshit, well, he, bullshit or tangential. But he has been really working hard even behind the scenes with the courts, like like getting the right the right judges, the justices that or judges, not justices, that are, like, more constitutionally minded or more, like, uh, less big government, that kind of thing. So that's nice. Well, he did invent racism, bigotry, discrimination, and sexism. Well, there's that. But we can I mean, forgive he, that. Just he invented because, those. Yeah. They didn't exist before he was here. But, uh, yeah, I don't – you've probably heard this, though, that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is the one that all the conservatives are pissed off about because that's the one they always go to. I think that's the West Coast, yeah. So. Yeah, where they'd always, like, shop their, their big issue – um, agenda the left would yeah. shop it to that court the ninth circuit well behind the scenes trump has been slowly but surely stacking that court more um you know constitutionalist or more originalist uh, judges and i guess i can't remember where i heard this i think it was that uh, morning show in minneapolis we listened to justice, justice and drew but yes. i can't remember who said this but they were saying yeah uh, it might have been another radio show um that yeah, there the the majority of the ju judges on the Ninth Circuit now are actually conservatives now, or 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 constitutionalists, not progressives or liberals. Because the problem is, it's that there's a lot of judges, and you can still end up with a court or a, a ruling that's liberal because you'll have the majority of those judges on that ruling are liberal or progressive or whatever. But uh, overall, though, it's better than it than it was ever before. So. Yeah, well, this is just this is just common sense. I don't. I don't care if it works for or against my side. I want the law to try and be as blind and dispassionate as it can be. Right. And I think Gorsuch is really good at that. I think Roberts is really good at that. Um, to just be able to say, look, we, we can't have this. We can't have, you know, the president saying something. And again, I understand people will say, well, the president's issuing an executive order. Don't you have a problem with that? I do. But right now, the president can do that. And it's the only thing he can do with the kind of bullshit that's happening um, where, the, where the Congress and, and Senate don't do their job. Yeah. You know, where they're not legislating like they're supposed to. Well, I mean, it's the only thing the president can do is do uh, executive orders at this point. They should take that power away and they should do their fucking job. Yeah. What they're reluctant to do. I'm fine if a president is doing executive orders that are meant to keep us safer. Yeah. And I will argue that stopping immigrants at the border 
keeps us safer than the executive order that says let them all in. Right. That Obama put through. Sanctuary for all. Yeah. And so on the one hand, I don't like executive orders. But if, if Congress isn't going to let the president pass anything and he believes there's a threat, then he should go ahead and do it. Yeah. I, I, I You were talking about what, you, what the court is there for. I think the court is for – well, I mean part of it is that they're supposed to decide what is constitutional. Right. right. They're supposed to be the referee. Yeah. And, and, and what, what is justice and not have a signifier before justice, not like social justice or right. racial justice or, um, you know, trans justice or <laughs> like that. Justice is justice. That's it. Mm-hmm. It should be for everyone across the board. There's like a meme out there where you've got a fence mm-hmm. and they go, anybody, it's, it's. Oh, it's got the three people looking in the fence. Right. So they yeah. go and they got three people and the tall guy can look over the fence so he can see the, the baseball game, they're playing there. And then the medium guy can kind of hop up and see. And then the short guy can't see shit. And they go, and then they bring in these little boxes to step on and, and the tall guy doesn't get a box. But the short guy gets a really tall box. So they're all equal. Yeah. And it's like, that's how the world should be. No. So, but there's a word for it. And I'm blanking for it. Um, equity. Is that what it is? Maybe. It's not equality. Equity. Right. So what they're saying is... Yeah, is, those are two very different things. Right. So they're saying... Uh, like when they talk about um, um, opportunity. Yep. Yeah. They're saying, well, it, it, opportunity is not the same for everybody because some people have advantages. And if you give them opportunity, they'll have... That advantage will make that opportunity more more significant to them. So you have to, you have to change that opportunity and make it less for that person. And that's equity, right? I mean, that's kind of a dumb explanation. No, that's that's a good explanation. I just, I think, you know, equity is outcome, equality is there. We go where you uh, start. Yeah, from. yeah. The the uh, the outcome is whatever. Yeah. So some about that. so some people will say, well, a black inner city kid doesn't have the ability to build a better mousetrap and make himself a billionaire, whereas the white suburban kid whose family. You know, has never He's invested had, in their education. And yeah, has never has, has yeah. all sorts of advantages. Absolutely true. I don't think any sensible person would deny that. However, that person got there because of what the generation before generations before have done, and they gave him a head start. That still does not take that opportunity away from that other person. You know, that inner city yeah. kid. You know, if it's going to be harder for him, obviously. It, it you're starting from behind, but that doesn't mean. This isn't a race where everyone's in it at the same pace at the same time, you know? I mean, if your family came here four generations ago with nothing, and people say, well, but look at where you are now. Well, your family just got here. doesn't mean... Well, know, that, that's when they equal. talk about the oppor- opportunity of... God, I'm screwing this up again. It's the soft opportunity of low, big uh, expectations. <laughs> So you've got equality, equality of opportunity. There we go. So you've got equality of opportunity, which is great. So everybody has the same opportunity, but there's people that want equality of outcome. Well, that's socialism. Well, it's just it's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. And when you when you try to pull that kind of shit, then everybody suffers. Have you ever read? I keep telling you to do this. Have you Bergeron. ever read Harrison Bergeron? Harrison Bergeron. I didn't, but you've told me so much about it. I don't think I need to. No, you you would like it. It's you short. Read. You said right. Yeah, it's short. Anybody who uh, hasn't heard us mention it before, read Harrison Bergeron. It's a very short story uh, by Kurt Vonnegut, and it's it's very good. But it talks about this kind of stuff in a society where they're yeah, handsome people are uglified, they, they, strong people are, are yeah, made they to carry on extra weight. Force equality on yeah. everybody, and it's an interest. It's it's got some very funny parts in it, but it's it's pretty poignant too. So. Hmm. Um, so the second time we've used poignant. I don't know. I think so. We've isn't heard, that a flower? I, I used it earlier. Isn't that uh, a Christmas flower? 
We're not going to go down that road. <laughs> well, you had me at points that I didn't have anything mm-hmm. after that. Um, all right. So I just thought it was interesting that we have to take something that should really be about equality, that they're trying to make the law equal for everybody, that you don't get to have one person who has a political bias shut down something for everybody else nationwide. And this person has to say, yes, but it's going to hurt uh, uh, liberals more than it hurts conservatives. So, but it's like this old joke about, um, well, the Minneapolis Star and Tribune is a, uh, is a notoriously liberal paper. Oh, absolutely. So there's this joke about how, um, you know, God comes down and says, all right, this is stupid. This is all a mess. I'm starting over. Okay. Three days, world's going to end. Get your shit together. So, you know, like the New York Times or whatever says, you know, God to end the world in three days. And National Enquirer says, big guy's angry. We're all dead or whatever. And uh, Star and Tribune says, uh, world's end in three days. Women in black's hardest hit. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You know, and that's really what this article says. It's like you're not talking about the opportunity or the equality for everybody in it. You're saying, well, it's going to hurt my side more. Yeah. And that that's going to happen. But. Let's just, how about we celebrate the fact that this court's trying to stick to the Constitution? Right. So, speaking of which, what do you think about this? It's not called this, but this uh, Constitutional Convention in the States. Yeah, I, people I are like, trying to, I like movement the toward it. idea of it. And one of the reasons I like it is because all the progressives and leftists hate it. So it's okay. got to be good. Really? Yeah. What if they like drinking water? What if progressives and liberals like bourbon? No, no. Let's would say they hate to... drinking water. Then yeah. I would drink even more water. I know. What if they hate bourbon? What are you going to do then? Well, no, no. If they love bourbon. If progressives love bourbon. Then you would you would stop drinking. Then I would stop drinking. Yeah, That's yeah. what I mean. I'd switch to oh, okay. Vodka. What if they love bourbon? Yeah. I'd switch what to if they're all just like, what if all those Tequila. hipster doofuses are like, bourbon's like the greatest thing ever with their mm. flannel shirts and their little fedoras and their uh, excessively you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. <laughs> and they rode a bike here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Little basket in the front. Yeah. So what I that has their chihuahua in it. Um, what I heard about this, um, I, I'm generally kind of against it because though I'm more of a, you know, a constitutionalist. This i this idea that you know the states getting together it seems to open Pandora's box to me, and you get too many people going. Well, as long as we're here. Let's uh, let's look at some other stuff. And, you know, ultimately the Second Amendment kind of comes up and I don't want them to touch that stuff. Um, but uh, the um, the the one thing that was interesting about this when I heard about it was um, it it's a very defined scope. Yeah. So they, there's really they only say there's like three things we're targeting. We're not talking about anything else. And this was, is what we're calling the Constitution <laughs> states over. And we need 34 states to have it. And then once those thir- have it, then everybody gets a vote. 38 states to verify it. Okay. Or to ratify it. Um, so what's the main thing they're talking about doing? Uh, term limits is one. Term limits on people in Congress. I don't mind that. Giving power back to the states. I like that, too. There was a uh, there was a way they... The guy I heard being interviewed gave it a much more succinct answer than I can. But it was this idea that, you know, local governments should be... Um, making more decisions you know local school boards we shouldn't have federal school board stuff yeah um i'm all you know, for it yeah well did you see um not to get off this topic i 
having heard that, I'm far more for this than I was before. Right. Did you see Michelle Obama's uh, lunch program got shot down? Well, it's been, like, since it started, it's been shot down. What are you talking about? Like, if... The school lunch program... Well, the um, Department of Health, I think it is, reversed a bunch of this Finally stuff. decided we're done trying to do yeah. this. Well, how long is it? It's been quite a few years now. Yeah. And, and initially, it started out as a disaster. So and why she gets up there going? and she goes, oh, so you don't want kids to eat healthy. And I hate that trick, you know? What was happening had nothing to do with it. They were putting stuff on plates that kids weren't eating. You know, you, you give kids... Um, Kale. Yeah, and they don't want it. Yeah. They're not going to eat it, but the school's forced to buy it. Yeah. You know, to put it on there. So a the rice cake. Away. <laughs> yeah. You know, shit like that, going right in the trash. Yeah. Uh, another thing. Well, I mean, don't even get me started on the on the school lunch and shit. Providing lunch and breakfast and shit for kids. Enough. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm of two minds on that. Like, uh, I remember Adam Carolla's argument against it was, look, your main job as a parent is to feed your kids. Hmm? And it's not that expensive to feed your kids. And there should be, and there's programs out there that will allow you to feed your kids and, and prepare your kids' lunch. So the schools should not be in that business. Well, he said, get some oatmeal, get some, put a splash of milk in there, throw some sugar on the top, throw some raisins in. Bang, breakfast for your kid, 17 cents. And you know what? He's probably right. Um, at the same time, if we, if we get kids fed, if it's kids getting fed, I'm okay with that. What I have a problem with is these summer programs. Where they tell kids, um, or they just say, look, we have uh, 2,000 lunches we're going to serve today. First come, first serve. And you get people who can pay for lunch showing up and eating this shit. Yeah. Well, otherwise they're a sucker. Why not? Yeah. And there's no shame. But sometimes I even feel that way. It's like, well, fuck. If I can use that money for something else and I'm I'm not going to be a sucker, I'll take advantage of that. Fuck you. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I sometimes get that, like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this. Otherwise, I'm a sucker. Why does that not surprise? Me? <laughs> does not surprise me in the least. But, I, but here's the thing about the the lunch. Uh, they go, well, you know, we want to provide lunch. I mean, even if they've got like WIC and they've got programs where they can provide food for the kids, some parents are just they just don't get it and they don't make the food and they don't they don't understand the nutrients and all that. And I go, okay, fine. So so you have to provide the lunch. So now you have to provide the love for the kids too. They're not getting hugs at home. So you got to make sure every kid every day gets a quota of like maybe eight to ten hugs per day and some eight validation. To ten is a lot. Yeah, and if they're misbehaving, they they have to get the discipline appropriate to that. So. See, six is okay, six hugs, but if you get to like seven and eight, well, then you're a sex offender. Okay. And do you have to buy their clothes from them now, too? Mm, yeah, if they're not matching. You might as well. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a stigma. If they're, if they're wearing Walmart clothes in grade school and junior high and the other kids are wearing Dayton's or, or what's, what's in their fancy play? I don't know. Dayton's? I know. I'm like old. Dayton's old. hasn't been around for like 100 years. I know. I feel very old. Um, well, now we're going to have to bathe them, too. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, it's like that's not the fucking school's job. They go, well, a bathed kid learns better, so we've got to bathe them. A hugged kid learns better. Right. Um, you know what? They've got a lot of tension, probably. Massages. Now you're getting weird on me. But it's annoying. It's like... I know. I know what you're saying. I I don't necessarily think it's bad to have school lunch program. What, what bothers me is the people who think they're entitled to it, mm-hmm. you know? When we've got schools where it's 70% of the kids are on school lunch program, you know, come right. on. And then there's the kids who are on it, or not on it, but can pay, but they let their uh, they let their account run way up. 
And next thing you know, we're putting out a collection plate for all these kids who aren't on school lunch, but have a $200 bill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's there's just a lot of waste in Michelle Obama's school lunch program. It just is. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna put you know pizza out there, and then the kids can pick applesauce and carrots because uh, that's what they'll eat, and the local school you know nutritionist or whatever goes, that's what our kids eat. That's what we're you know not wasting our money on. The government shouldn't come in and go. You have to put kale on there because they need a green vegetable. They're not getting it at yeah. home. It's not the school's job. Feed the kid. Yeah. So, do you want to do some would you rathers? Yeah, let's do some would you rathers. All right. Would you rather be a ninja or a samurai? I got to go with samurai. Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're reliant on a, on a lord, on a house, unless you're a ronin samurai. Is that what that is? Is that what a ronin is? A ronin is a masterless samurai. So is that like a hedge knight? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, you've got this prestige when you're a samurai. If you if you're basically working for a lord, you're like a you're like the enforcer for whatever. You're like the sheriff of whatever barony. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm mixing. I'm mixing all my uh, my eras here. But, I think. And my and my eastern and western, but. I think uh, Hollywood has gotten too uh, to a hold of ninjas. They're not, I mean, if you read historically, the, the very little I've read about them is they're basically just farmers who fought with, you know, all sorts of improvised weapons. And they, they covered their face because they... They didn't want to get caught. Right, they didn't want to get caught, so... And they weren't, like, super, awesome. super soldiers or anything. Yeah. I mean, they just... They were just, they didn't have, they were considered dishonorable because they didn't fight face to face. Yeah, they didn't fight fair. Yeah, and because they knew they wouldn't win. They weren't trained in military. Uh, they weren't trained to use the samurai swords. Yeah. Um, they weren't trained to fight from horseback and all that. So they had to improvise. Basically, guerrilla, guerrilla warfare is what they were engaging in. So it was guerrilla warfare. It was like when the uh, uh, the colonies decided to rise yeah. up against uh, Britain. They, did, they had to engage in guerrilla warfare because they couldn't meet head-to-head on the battlefield with this trained military force. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would want to be a samurai just because of the stability of it, depending on what era, I guess. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be a ninja. Better outfits too. Yeah. All right. Would you rather cry too easily or get angry too easily? You know what's funny about me? I'm an angry crier. <laughs> uh, I am. When I get like worked up and pissed, I'll start to tear up. What, really so weird. what is it like? Is it is that like impotent rage? No, it's like it's like an overly emotional thing, you know. Like, like I've when I get mad, like fighting, want to punch you, kind of thing. I'll actually be tearing up, you know. Hmm, that's a weird cross wiring. It, it is weird. Um, but I also like cry really easy. That, that would actually moments. that would actually if I was gonna get in a fight with a guy, like if I were getting a fight with you, and all of a sudden you start crying, it, it would it would fluster me. It would you'd be able to sucker punch me good. Because I wouldn't be able to, I'd be like, what, what, what just happened here? And I'll, boom, I get smacked in the mouth. <laughs> no, it's more along the lines of it's like two things that don't match. Like, I won't be sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, stop it, kind of thing. I'll be like, listen here, motherfucker. And then I'm tearing up, kind of thing. It also depends on what kind of broads you're hanging out with. If, you, if you're with a chick that was digging Did you say broads? Yeah. If, 
If, I'm not offended by the term. It's just like, what era are you from? If you're with a broad that likes a very sensitive man, then sure, you cry too easily. She'd dig that. But if you're with a chick that wants a real man, then you want to get angry easily. As long as you don't, like, stay angry. Yeah. I have kind of an Irish temper. It flares up pretty easy and it goes away pretty fast. Yeah, I don't even get angry that, like, I don't get enraged or anything. Like, seeing red. I've only seen red once in my life. I got so angry. But, um... I, I generally don't stay mad or I'll, I'll get like, I'll get irritated or get like, I'll get angry, like, but not to the point of like rage. I you guess. get mad sometimes about stuff that just doesn't even well, matter. Though. Is it mad or irritable? No, you go right past irritable sometimes to pissed. Okay. So, but I don't stay that way usually. No, I will say I can't watch stuff like those, those, uh, soldier homecoming videos. Oh. I can't. Oh Where God. Dads with daughters, like, uh, with disabilities. Yeah, I, that one doesn't get me as much because I don't, I don't have daughters. Oh god, it gets me every time. Yeah. Like, there's that one where that uh, daughter's like uh, in a wheelchair, crutches, whatever, and the dad's like doing a talent show with her, and he's like on stage, like dancing with her. Like, man, dude, I can't watch stuff like that. Yeah, I, no, I don't get that. One. I actually listened to a sh- um, a short story today uh, on a podcast, mm-hmm. and it was um, what podcast was it? Dust. D-U-S-T. Oh, I think I've seen you yeah, talk about that. Before. So Dust I've is... I've seen you talk about that. There's... <laughs> Dust... There's, it's interesting. On, on YouTube, there's a channel, a Dust channel, sci-fi short stories, short movies, or short... A lot of, them, a lot of it is animated. Well, not a lot of it. Some of it's animated. Some of it are just sci-fi short stories. And some are very good. Some are shit. You never know until you, like, give them a try. Um, but they also have a podcast out now where they're doing short sci-fi stories. And they're hit and miss, too. But I listened to one today, and... It shocked me that I actually teared up a little bit because this is not a subject I would tear up at usually. So I'm I'm hoping my uh, my testosterone level is not dropping. <laughs> you know so it was a it was a story about um, how this intergalactic um, society had just welcomed uh, humans into their midst, uh-huh. and they were at war um, with another society, intergalactic society, and. They were like, yeah, humans are part of our our society now, but they just barely achieve faster than light ch- travel. They're they're kind of they're kind of funny. They're like pat pat humanity on the head because oh, you made it, but oh, come on, you're worthless. But just barely. Um, but then the tide turns, and a lot of the the alliances ships are destroyed, and all that. And there's this one ship, hum, uh, a human ship that boards at uh, that docks at this um, space station that gets attacked. And the, sh- the human ship actually, you know, because the human tenacity and, and force of will, they actually get out there and they fight their asses off in order to, to save as many people so that the, so that the people on the st- station can get the hell away. And they sacrifice themselves. The human ship sacrifices themselves. And you're like, yeah, that sounds like a pretty fucking cool story. I started to tear I up. the greatest president that God ever created. Well, thanks, Trump. You know, normally I get irritated by an interruption by that, like that, but it was Trump, so it was okay. Why are you crying? Yeah, <laughs> just shed a manly tear. But yeah, I was actually, I was like, this is fucking cool. I like started to get like a little bit teared up on that. I'm like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get teared up on shit like that. I want to be like, that was a good story, but I don't want to get teary eyed. Yeah, you don't get to choose when it happens. Yeah, to that's you, true. So one more. Yeah. Would you rather be hungover in church or at work? Well, I don't want to be in church. So church. So because if you have to be there, why not be hungover? Well, for me, it's different. You know, at work, because I can kind of do what I want to do. I would say church all the way. 
because at least you're sitting and I'm not Catholic so I'm not standing and singing and sitting and standing and kneeling and whatever the fuck the Catholics do the fucking weirdos can you genuflect genuflect like yeah. a motherfucker you don't even know what that means dude. isn't it like bow no is it it's like kinda. is it like curtsy no is it <laughs> no no <laughs> if anybody could see what I just did <laughs> Think, uh, think Timothy Roth and Rob Roy. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> Can I just do it? No. It's um. Is it like cross when, your legs and do this? No. <laughs> it's like when you uh, walk up to the the pew, you're supposed to kneel and then get up and yeah. It's. I know. Fucking weirdos. My grandpa always did it. We we grew up Catholic. My grandpa did it. I always thought it was weird. I didn't know any of what it meant. I didn't know anything about Catholics until I I watched uh, Planet of the Apes. And uh, <laughs> why Catholics and Planet of the Apes? Because they they found a church that was like albinos or something that lived underground, and wh- whoever they were, the the people that created the show, based it on Catholicism. So they were doing all the oh, like the weird the weird chanting and singing, mm-hmm. and then the sitting and, and whatever. And I'm like watching it, going, "What a bunch of fucking weirdos." And then I realized, like, a, a months later, that that was kind of, they were just basically mimicking the Catholic Church. I'm like, yeah, what a bunch of fucking weirdos. You know what? And this is not to get too far off topic here with religion. You, you know what I've always appreciated? I, I do not consider myself really a Catholic. I mean, I kind of grew up that way. and um, But uh, my, my wife's family is Lutheran, and that's kind of how we just brought our kids up. Because, I mean, it's not that important to me. The the how is not as important as the why but one thing i've always appreciated about catholicism to the degree that i understand it is that for, and there are going to be people who totally disagree with me on this go ahead you can but my opinion of of um you know protestant religions is that for the most part you're going to have it as long as you're not some terrible person you're going to have it and uh, you got to be the best person you can because, hey, you might get thrown in detention, but come on, let's be good. Whereas Catholicism basically says, look, you're probably not getting in. You, you suck. You're not a great person. You're flawed, right? But you still got to do good things. Not to get into heaven, but because you're sort of made in God's image, you know? And it's sort of a, it's very pessimistic, but at the same time, it's very optimistic. It's And so the Catholics who... In my mind, it's almost like Lutheranism and some of those other things take heaven for granted. You know, it's like, well, as long as you don't, you're not a complete fuck up and you say, yeah, Jesus Christ, my personal savior. Okay, cool. Punch your ticket. Um, It's almost like you can do things to get into heaven. Whereas Catholicism says the only reason you get in there is because God loves you. And the part that's changed for me since having kids on that is that sometimes you do things for your kids just because you love them, you know? You go to you go to a swim meet or you sit through a, you know, some school presentation that is not interesting to you at all, you know? Your kid's kindergarten choir thing where you got to watch the first, second, and fourth grade choirs too, you know? You do it because you love them. Or they're like in band and they want to play something for you that they practice that's just horse shit. You don't yeah. have time to listen, but you do it because they're your kids. And so where, where it comes to religion, this is pretty deep for a would you rather, but uh, where it comes to religion for me, with Catholicism at least, and yes, I know Catholicism has got some really bad parts to it, but um, historically, but it's this idea that 
it doesn't, you're not doing the thing for some reward. You know, you're not doing a good thing because if I do all these good deeds, I'll get to heaven. And yes, the Catholic Church had a history of that. So did a lot of other churches. The pain to go to heaven. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's how the Crusades started. I mean, they took basically these warlords and said, look, go murder these guys and you'll go to heaven. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, don't murder your own people. Go murder them. Um, but anyway, I'm talking sort of modern Catholic Church. The idea that you do something because you do it sort of out of love for people you care about, not because you get something out of it. You know yeah, I mean? but I, I've, I've always heard or thought that no matter the thing about Catholics is that no matter what kind of just depraved bullshit you've done, there's always the you can get your last rites and you can go to heaven. And I think as that long can, as you believe, I think that can happen in pretty much any any Christian okay. religion. No, but, except and then they'll be yeah, like, yeah. But then you got the Jews, yeah, who basically nobody's going to heaven. Yeah. The best you're going to get is purgatory. I don't know that part, so. Yeah. So I never read Dante's Inferno like all the way through, but I did read about like purgatory and all that. That sounds really, it just sucks. You know, that's like everything is, you know, uh, now that you're not in any pain or anything, but everything just kind of, it's kind of overcast gray and it sucks. It's it's over overwhelming uh, feeling of melancholy. Welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. A um, couple other things here before we get into the Don Lemon deal. Did you hear uh, sort of an update on something we talked about way back? But Elizabeth Holmes from the Theranos chick, she had uh, the blood testing company, and everybody was like, oh, she's the new Steve Jobs. She's the one that talked real low she because would, uh, she was told that people take you more seriously when you use a deep voice would, uh, and you talk kind of slow and you enunciate. She would talk slower and deeper, and uh, she was very pronounced. I have a turtleneck. I have multiple turtlenecks. They're she, all the same color. She's uh, worn black turtlenecks pretty much her entire life, so she's not copying Steve Jobs. No, no, because you. By the way, she doesn't have the company. She's not famous anymore. She's not wearing black turtlenecks all the time. It's hmm. so, but basically, she had this big company, uh, Theranos, I think it is. Maybe it's Theranos, but I think it's Theranos that w- had this blood testing technology that she claims she created at Stanford uh, because of a fear of needles. So you could get you could test all of these things from one drop of blood, and it was this huge technology. Everybody bought in on it, and she was like, "Everybody goes, oh, but it didn't exist, did it? No, it didn't. She made it up. Yeah, she just made it up. People in her company were like, we're making this up,' and she's like, "If you tell anybody that, I'll sue the shit out of you,' kind of thing. So she was at one point worth four point five billion dollars, <laughs> all built on bullshit because she was a woman." And everyone thought, well, here we go. Here's a woman in IT who's starting her own company. And nobody wanted to go, hey, this is kind of bullshit. To the point where, you know, George Schultz, uh, former Secretary of State, I think under uh, Bush 41, I think that was his job. He um, he said he was an investor in the company. His grandson who worked oh, at the company came to him and goes, Do better. This ain't yeah. good. Yeah. This I think you need to look into this. This and is a cult of personalities, all this is. Grandpa sat him down and he goes, Listen, she's pretty smart. <laughs> and I know you, you're a smart kid, but you're not as smart as you think you are. That kind of talk. Yeah. And had millions of dollars invested in this thing. And I'm thinking, Man, family reunions must be fun for that grandson oh. at this point. Hey, Grandpa, you remember that Theranos thing? No, you don't? Yeah, okay. Fuck you. How's that money doing? Yeah. You know, that money that she lit on fire. 
So if she had been a guy, okay, and this is where your male privilege comes in. If she had been a guy and done this, people would have been like, okay, well, let's check this out. And it would have been found out to be bullshit well before it was with her. Right. Because everybody wanted to believe so hard that yeah. she did this. And also, have you heard anything about this since she failed? No. No. Because Nobody knows about this. I'll bet you I'm less than 5% well, the, of the people listening even know about this. Oh, yeah. Probably not. There is a there is a Netflix documentary on it that's very interesting. Hmm. It's worth the watch. I'm surprised. Yeah. It's it's very good. But anyway. They're super woke. Um, yeah. So she... Uh, this is how she's gone from four and a half billion valuation to nothing. Not her company, her. Uh, her lawyers in a civil case in Arizona where she's being sued back down on her because she hasn't paid him for a year. She's representing herself. Mm. You know? And the, I hope that goes well for her. <laughs> well, she is very smart and uh, she'll show up in a black turtleneck. Yeah. Um, so she's. She's representing herself, and the most damning part of this is that her lawyers go, uh, given her financial situation, it's pretty clear we're never going to get paid, mm. so we're done. Wow. And that was their filing to the court. I'm not getting out of there. So, um, I want to talk about Bloomberg News for a second. Yeah. So, Michael Bloomberg, running for president, spending a billion dollars to run for president, skipping the debates, all that stuff. So basically he talks about how terrible Trump is. But, but he's, he's not trying to pay for it. No, he's not trying to buy an election. Yeah. You know, it just shows that if you do it for the right reasons, you're virtuous. Mm -hmm. um, he owns Bloomberg News, and they're not going to disparage any Democratic candidates. They're not going to dig into Democratic candidates. He's basically going to use this news organization to try and take down Trump. And to ignore anything Democrats are doing that are shady. Yep. And that's just bullshit. How can this guy, when we have equal time laws, how does this guy get to run? Now, for how do you get away with that? How how are we? Because money having... and power shield you. There's no. There's not equal application of justice. Of but I don't think it's even money and power. I think it's unwillingness on the part of the media to want to investigate the guy. Well, it's because the media is the the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I mean they they blatantly are. Well, even if you look at the uh, the um, impeachment bullshit, they spent they they would break into whatever programming they they had to want to to have shift speech for whatever what was it forty minute speech. God, it was way longer than that. Okay, yeah, it was agonizing. Yeah, so they break in and they they played him nonstop, and then when it came time for the Republicans, guess what happened. They weren't gonna. They weren't gonna show any of that. Well, we spent a lot of time on this. We need to get you back. And, to the, and, the, and that's. I mean, that's not just me saying that to be funny. That happened. CNN, MSNBC, um, ABC, CBS, NBC. All these. All these stations did not run uh, coverage of Republican rebuttal or Republican um, um, opening statements. They ran the Democrats, but not the Republicans. And you but, can't tell me that they're not a fucking propaganda arm. But you know what? It's okay because nobody watched it. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I mean, nobody cares. And we all know how this is going to end, too. And if somebody fucking rolls their eyes at me, the next time some motherfucker rolls their eyes at me when I go, the Democrat, or the uh, the mainstream media is the, is the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, and they go, all right, Alex Jones, I'm going to pop them. Okay. I'm going to fucking uppercut them. Oh, you're looking at the tables between us. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> all lucky. this equipment. I'm lucky your friend's here. <laughs> Hold yeah, you back. my friends hold me back. <laughs> Except that bitch keeps telling me to punch you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a conversation we had out there. Yeah. But really, how does he get to do this? I mean, 
there are radio stations and TV stations that have uh, pundits on, um, and that's fine, but sometimes they have people who are running for an office and they interview them. And as I understand the equal time laws, which is I don't understand them really well, that if a, you know, if you have a Republican on, a Democrat wants to come on and speak, you kind of have to let them. Yeah. And a lot of times these, well, Fox asks Democrats on all the time and they go, I'm not going on that station. Okay, that's fine. But you were offered the chance. So. Um, oh, and one more quick thing before the, we do the Don Lemon thing. I have to point out where I was wrong two podcasts ago. I thought Was I the, right? I don't think you had oh, an opinion. Dang it. I thought the uh, Virginia protest, the MLK day protest thing, could turn out to be the end of society because oh. I thought it was everything but. I was with you on that, so I was wrong too. I was very concerned. But not not only was it was it not an issue, was there not like some blow up or something? You had people. There was one. Did you see the guy who was walking around with a fifty caliber machine gun or fifty caliber sniper rifle all day? I didn't see that. Yeah, he was holding it. He had a was it a barrette? Yeah, that's what those are. He was carrying it around. That's heavy. Yeah, it's like it's like forty pounds. Yeah. He's walking around with this thing all damn day. I mean, it's a sniper rifle that shoots like a mile. You ever seen videos of people firing those? Yeah. So what's funny is the uh, the person usually have a spotter with you. Yeah. When you're, when you're sniping, the spotter usually sits beside you and looks down the spotting scope. But with those, the sn- the spotter is on your back. Yeah, because like it, spooning you basically. Yeah, because it jumps the, up. The so concussion much. of the the force of the uh, concussion, uh, not concussion, the the force of the expelled gases out of the yeah. um, out of the muzzle, like will actually hurt you. Yeah. If you're laying next to it. Yeah. Um, but also, what's even better is the videos of the fucking hot chicks in bikinis firing those, because <laughs> the jiggle factor, in slow motion especially, is really good. You're creepy sometimes. <laughs> no, no man should think that's creepy to watch a chick no, not, not, firing an awesome gun and jiggling in a bikini. No, it's just you threw in the slow motion thing. That kind of mm. kind of threw me off there. Okay. So, but no, like the bipod that they'll sit on, they'll have like the little concussion waves in the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see them just sitting there. Yeah, it looks like a beach where the tide keeps Pretty crazy. Coming. Yeah. Never fired one, but like to. Yeah, I'd love to fire something fully automatic sometime. I've done it. I'm going to Vegas. Maybe I'll do it there. Yeah. Because you can't. Um, anyway, uh, not only was it not an issue, there were no fights. Nothing. Yeah. Well, and-, and these Second Amendment people all picked up after themselves. There's videos of them picking up trash. And that always and happens with people, like conservative people and, and, and uh, constitutionalists. They always do that. They never leave a mess. Um, that, that was the thing about the Tea Party. When, is it, when it was happening quite a bit in Minnesota, especially. No, they, they left all that tea in the harbor there. They threw that shit all over the place. Uh, yeah. They didn't pick that up. You liar. Yeah. So, uh, but there was supposed to be a thing where I was worried that there was going to be provocateurs, like yeah. agents, like infiltrating the ranks and trying to be assholes and pop pop shit off. Well, and it turns out those uh, people they arrested, they called, you know, not suprem- uh, Nazi white supremacists yeah. and all that stuff. The ones that came in out of Canada yeah. or whatever. It you was were right. Like they had nothing. They weren't even really related to it. Had nothing to do yeah. with it. So, so yeah, the, it, it the is base, stupid. the base, right? Is that what they call themselves? Something yeah. stupid. I've never even heard of them. Three of the six people. And let me tell you, I'm entrenched in that. Yeah, <laughs> steeped, <laughs> steeped in that. Uh... But the funniest part of this whole thing was, if you watch the coverage from like CNN and all that, they're like, "Here we go. Here are these Second Amendment people. Uh, many of them white supremacists, yeah. white nationalists. Like, where do you get this?" You're yeah. just making shit up. Yep. So, all right. So, teasing enough, the Don, 
Don Lemon, yeah. as Tucker calls him, Don Lemon panel. He had um, so he's a CNN um, commentator, or is he is he a host or a commentator? He claims he's a journalist, but he's okay, got an, him. he's got an opinion show. That's really what he has. Yeah. He runs opposite like uh, uh, Hannity, or and Andrew every New Year's he like has a show where he gets drunk on air. Yeah, no, that's um, no, that's him. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that. Well, Anderson. Anderson Cooper got no this Don year. Lamont. No, they they kind of all do. It's like a thing. Uh, but L- Lamont always like goes the extra mile to be super creepy about it. Did you see the one year Kathy Griffin was on there and laid the best insult I've ever heard on any? So she's it's a live show. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, and she's on there with Anderson Cooper. Yeah, and somebody was heckling her, and she goes, she goes, excuse me, do I come down to where you work and knock the dicks out of your mouth? Yeah, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> and the sailors dicks out of your mouth. Gotta, yeah, gotta was, give her credit for and that. And Anderson Cooper was just like. Oh, my God, did that just happen? So Don Lemon had, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this author's name that he had on, um, but he sounds like the the director of the... Uh, M. Night Shyamalan? No, the uh, the director from Thor's, the Thor... Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. I can't Wahidi pronounce his name. Mah- yeah. Whatever, the New Zealand guy. He sounds like, the name sounds like Ty that. Ty Wahidi or Wahidi or whatever. But then he's got this... Uh, uh, conservative, this Republican strategist on there, Who's, Rick Wilson. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Sure, and Jennifer Rubin's Bullshit, a conservative. Yeah. yeah, so is what's her name on the View? He's, they're all elitists. Yeah, is what they are. So Rick Wilson calls these. He goes, "Yeah, he's got this Boomer Rube demo." Oh, do you want to play it real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a long. Oh, I might end it before, but you'll get the gist of what's going on here. So Don Lemon Lemon is interviewing these two people, and they're. Um, it's about the impeachment stuff, right? Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. He also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He yeah. knows that this oh, is you know, an, 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 an administration defined. That was so funny, by the way. So that's partly him <laughs> this is uh, Steve Crowder, the by the way, commenting on this. M. Night likes it. to me. The credulous boomer demo that backs Donald Trump. Um, the, the Boomer Rube demo. Donald Trump's a smart one. Not that there, funny. Y'all, y'all, y'all so elitist, no. uh, They're just encouraging him now. <laughs> Sorry, I wish I had a better clip. It with your geography and your math. Uh, and and your spelling. Yeah, even though kind of too many people talking. It's like Culkin on the Joe Rogan experience. I'm going to stop it now. So what happens is this this so-called conservative says his lame fucking joke about the map. Yeah. And Lemon immediately starts laughing. And then this other guy that who Crowder called M. Night Shyamalan, um, like, decides he's going to jump in on this and do his little uh, southern stupid voice. And then Lemon just, like, loses it. He's, like, crying. He's laughing so hard. Yeah, he's, like, was, putting his head on the desk. and It was so obvious. It was fake and laughter. It goes on and on and on and on. And it's, like... It's embarrassing. It really is. But the, the I'm, like, I'm, like, cringed watching it. The worst part about this whole thing is... You know, people got mad and they said, "Hey, you're laughing at us. This is this is your deplorables yeah, moment. It's, this is your elitists. You're saying, yeah. You're, and he goes, "I wasn't laughing at a group of people. I would never do that. I would never single out a group of people and laugh at them. I was laughing at the joke. The fuck? The joke is about the people you're laughing at. The you fuck know? is that? It, it's just. Oh, I get it. I get it. So when you tell a racist joke, right? You tell a racist joke." And then um, you start laughing, or somebody tells a racist joke, and you laugh at that racist joke. You're not laughing at the joke about racism. You're laughing at the fact that there are racists telling that joke or, or believing that joke. No. 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 Okay, I tried. I yeah, tried. You, you were close. 
When I tell a racist joke, I'm not being racist. Do you racist. know any other kind? I'm making fun of racists. See how that gotcha. works? Gotcha. I see. No, he was... It's so stupid that he's trying to pull this off. And again, this is this echo chamber thing where people have these um, sort of private jokes and they think everybody agrees with them. Because for the most part, this clique of people who hangs out together are are interesting. I think, I think, Don, you think it was a show. I think he legitimately thought it was funny because he's not that smart. I don't think, I don't think it was as funny to him as he acted like. I mean, when he's laying his head down on his desk and wiping his eyes with a tissue because he's, he's crying so hard, maybe he's just angry. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was theater, you know? Yeah. And I love the whole thing where the Rick Wilson guy goes, oh, you know, Trump's a smart one. You liberal elitist, you're dumb. You know, do we have to do that voice? You know, I mean, now you're just saying now you're laughing at if people in the south. the south. You're a dummy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Rick Wilson is the worst kind of person for being on there and making this joke. These people don't like you. OK, the only reason you're on that show is because you said you don't like the guy they don't like. Yeah. You know, and you're not that fucking bright. No. Get over yourself. No. You, you, uh, because you can string a sentence together, it doesn't make you a fucking smart person. Yeah. I can string a sentence together. I don't think, I don't think I'm the brightest bulb either. Well, if, if he's a Republican strategist, who's he working for at this point? Because mm-hmm. Mitt Romney, maybe. Apparently, he's free to go on shows and talk at this yeah. point. Doesn't sound like he's got a job, you know. Uh, so-called Republicans. That's, that's uh, hashtag Republicans or Was asterisks. Rhinos? Yeah. Republican in name only? Pretty much. Yeah, the and, swamp. Anna Navarro, she was the one on the View I was thinking of. For you, she's another one who says she's a Republican. She's oh, a yeah. Latina Republican. Okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's annoying. She's the one who goes on and on about how she hates Donald Trump. Uh, Cole Sullivan, I think, is another okay. one of them at MSNBC. But the only reason they're getting any of this work is because someone is saying, "Well, they're conservative, but they hate Trump, so they're okay." That would be like. When uh, black liberals say, well, you only want to listen to that black guy because he says he likes Trump. You would hate him otherwise. No, that's not true. No. But I'm saying that about you. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I believe it's true. If he was, if he went on Don Lemon's show and goes, Trump's pretty fucking smart. You know, Don Lemon, oh, he's a racist. Yeah, that's pretty much what his go-to is for Trump and Trump supporters is that we're all racist. I mean, when he, did, he was a moderator at whatever debate he was at that he moderated and i think he did one yeah all the uh, questions were like so trump's a racist and this policy is racist how do you feel about that racist policy policy of trump's it was like every fucking question yeah so. well it's going to be interesting you know uh i know we'll probably run up on time now but this thing with john bolton yeah to hear them go nuts about the john bolton in his manuscript that's not released that apparently a bunch of people have read now has said trump told me he was withholding the aid and yeah. people go well there's the evidence and if you go, well, Trump says he didn't do it. And they go, well, yeah, but he's lying. Okay. He said, he said. Yeah. What, you can't. Prove it. You can't take opinion as, or someone's recollection of something as evidence. And then someone else's recollection of it as, well, that's not evidence. I'm really disappointed with Bolton, John Bolton. I, I actually, I used to watch Red Eye, which was Fox News, like at 2 a.m. in the morning. Greg Gutfeld started that show, mm-hmm. I don't know how many years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. It's not on anymore. 
and Tom Shalhoub ran it in. Yeah, town. but I like Tom Shalhoub a lot. He did. Too. Tom Shalhoub did a great job. Um, By the way, his Mean Dads for a Better America or whatever. Good book. That's a great book. Yeah, he's like the he's like the funniest like normal non asshole guy you know you can think of. And does a killer Adam Schiff impression. Oh yeah, what well, kind of looks like him to begin with? But, but not, he he does the yeah. eyes open thing. And... Anyway, so on Red Eye they'd have John Bolton on quite a bit, and he kind of endeared himself to me on that show because he had a pretty good sense of humor on the show. And he, they actually, Greg Gutfeld loved him, and he he said he kind of made him the president of uh, of Red Eye. And they had even like an intro for him with like a like a just showing his mustache or something. And um, he had a good sense of humor, so it was endearing. You're like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. And I liked him just because of the way he interacted with the other people on the panel. And the host. Andy Levy was like a co-host of that show. Mm-hmm. He was like the halftime report guy. He was not in the same studio as everybody else. He was like on the side. He hated John Bolton. And I couldn't, I didn't get it. I didn't, I'm like, why do you hate him so bad? Turns out it's because John Bolton's like, oh, he doesn't, he, there's not a war he doesn't want to exactly. be involved in. And I didn't realize that at the time, but once I looked into it, yeah. The guy's a war hawk. He yeah, wants to buy shit much, out of everything. Way too fucking war hawk. That and when, uh, you know, for a guy, this was pointed out to me, uh, for a guy who was so hawkish, he didn't serve in Vietnam. Yeah. He said, I'm getting into it too late. So yeah. I don't think, and he joined the National Guard. Look, well, you're still serving, but but that's I could, but that's how you can kind of be duped by, you know, just personality. Like if if you just run on someone's personality, like people that just watched Obama's speeches or Obama whatever, and they thought he was this great guy, but you don't learn about you know his you know droning and droning attacks and murdering a bunch of people and then saying, hey, who knew I was so good at killing, you know, shit like that. Oh, that's a deep fake. Sure, it is. But that's the thing. I, you can understand when I when you see. I thought he was a decent guy just because I saw him in a, like a social almost situation where he was laughing and joking. You're like, oh, he's cool, and you don't realize, no, he's not a guy that should be in government making decisions. I'm sorry, I don't trust people in government in general. Yeah, and I don't trust people with that haircut and that mustache. Yeah. So, well, he had a good sense of humor about his mustache too. That's what I was like. Oh, this this guy's cool. He's self depreciating. You know. So, yeah, I was fooled. Well, I was kind of fooled by George W. too. I don't know. I think George W. is a decent guy. I think he just – I don't think he's a fiscal conservative, and that bugged me. I, th- I think he's also one of those guys that's just, like, was too eager to get into wars because because uh, he's told uh, – he was told, like, uh, the yellow cake uranium and all that. He was too eager to believe bullshit to get into war. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if all that stuff was bullshit or not. I have a buddy whose friend uh, I talked to served as a uh, – he was a gunnery sergeant, so mm-hmm. he flew – he was a – uh, door gunner on helicopters and he goes we saw the tracks of all that stuff leaving iraq to go to syria he goes we saw it he goes we didn't see the trucks we didn't see what the trucks were hauling he goes but out in the middle of the desert there were all of a sudden these huge caravan lines he goes they shipped a shitload of something to mm. syria yeah without proof though i can't really just no but i look the the best argument i ever heard for the fact that iraq had weapons of mass destruction is the u.n believed they had them the u.n well, they had, didn't they didn't believe they had them. They had the makings of them. Well, right? regardless, the yeah. UN had inspectors there all the time, and they were trying to like, like, uh, make it so inspectors couldn't go, go to certain yeah, areas. The UN were, doesn't send inspectors. They were holding they inspectors up when they were trying to hide certain things. Yeah, yeah. So but I still think it was all bullshit. I don't think it was all bullshit. I think there was enough of it that was. But, yeah. But no, I, I still think, uh, I think George Bush is a decent guy. Would I want him to be president again? No, I, I don't think he was a great president. Yeah. So. All right. Well, with that, should we wrap her up? Yeah. So if you want to get a hold of us or give us 
um, ideas for what you'd like to hear us talk about or something that we're un- uneducated in that you need to educate us on, uh, get, get a hold of us. It's uh, Brewster at com or Crow at com. We'll take all the uh, topic suggestions and articles you want to send us. So we're also on uh, Facebook at Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you. Bye.